0: And welcome back, everybody, to Double Down with Breslow, where we cover everything in the business of sports betting. And when we talk about the business of sports betting, one of the probably larger areas or segments of sports betting are sports handicappers or touts or sharps. And we had one on the show before. And we've got him on again because I promised my audience that we were gonna follow his picks throughout the season. And week one is under our belt in the NFL. So let's check back in with Richard Frazier of Frase 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 wins, F R A Z W I N S dot com. Richard, welcome back to the show.
1: Thank you very much, Jim. Glad to be here.
0: So this is gonna be one of one of my most fun uh episodes because I'm a longtime sports better. I've used handicappers on and off, but I've never had the opportunity to talk to the handicapper after the week, especially after the handicapper had a losing weekend and I get to confront him and give him a rash of shit. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so and, and I and I also want to tell my audience, I, I give Richard a, a, a ton of credit because he went one and two. This weekend, Richard only gives out three picks a week, and we'll we'll get into that. But he went one and two, and and I asked Richard, I, I said, "Look, are you sure you want to be on the show? We can wait until a week when you have a winning week, and so we can talk about your your winning weekend." And to your credit, you said, "No, Jim, I'm coming on on Tuesday, even though I went one and two. So I I give you major kudos for that, my friend. Thank you. So let's let's talk about your your three picks. And you know, this show is not normally about, you know, who to bet on and who to pick and so on. But I do think having this discussion with a handicapper, considering it's such a significant part of the sports betting industry, I think is perfectly relevant to to our show and and to go through what goes on uh in making these picks and and then how a handicapper, you know, deals with looking back at a losing weekend. So you had three picks. You went one and two. Let's talk about each one of them real quickly. Uh, You had, uh, it was Pittsburgh against San Francisco, right? That's correct. And Pittsburgh was an underdog by how many points?
1: Uh, Pittsburgh was a uh, a two-point dog. Two-point dog. So we were getting two points
0: to take Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh lost not by two points, they lost by 23 points, 30 to seven. So you were way off on that one. How could you be so far off considering the level of genius that we're, we're speaking with here?
1: Well, uh, first off, I want to say, and, and I mentioned this to you before, that, that it, these picks are system generated. So it, it's not me going through uh, all kind of football-related data and uh and coming up with these picks the, the system makes the picks after the fact i can look at these games and say well you know i like this about it i like that about it but i don't like this about it and and that's all hindsight but yeah i i can look at that game and first off i got called out for being a homer on that game that i'm originally from pittsburgh um but that, that's
0: not true because this was algorithm generated
1: that's correct Um, but what I was telling people prior to that game is the the, being that I do root for the Steelers. I didn't like the fact that the Steelers had done so well in the preseason. I understand when the first teams out there for the first drive or two of a preseason game, you want them to do well, but but inevitably I, I want the game to flip at some point, but that didn't happen in the Steelers case. They won all three of their preseason games And I think they gave the Pittsburgh people and people that uh, support the Steelers a a false sense of hope that this team was much better than it was again, nothing to do with the algorithm or the program, but that's my hindsight on that game by the same token, you could say the opposite about San Francisco. You got Brock Purdy. Is he, is he hundred percent healthy? They had a couple uh, defensive issues, whether it was an injury or a holdout, but uh, yeah, I I don't think uh, looking back on it that we really got the value uh, in the point spread with Pittsburgh that we should have, and uh, that but, game was- but
0: but but uh, it wasn't even close, so we can't no. complain about the point spread.
1: No, no, that, that, (laughs) that didn't make a difference, but it was just a bad pick. And uh, so tell me, tell us, and I apologize, maybe we
0: covered this a bit on the prior show, but I, but I forget, what can you share with us about the algorithm?
1: Well, the the thing is that it's uh, it's all historical point spread data. So our weakness going into week one is the fact that we have nothing but historical data to analyze I call it a self-correcting system because as we get into the current season, we have more current season data that goes into the program and, and figured into it all. So uh, in other words,
0: you're comparing these teams from prior seasons and these scenarios to prior seasons and whether they covered or not and et cetera, and, and all, yes. all playing into public perception, et cetera?
1: And and the off season changes. Should be factored into the point spread that's what the program counts on
0: right but I mean how does that work? in other words, let's take an obvious example. We had the New York Jets, and now they've got Aaron Rodgers. How do you determine the value of Aaron Rodgers to the jets uh compared to prior season?
1: Well, I mean obviously uh aaron rogers uh was was a big asset to a team over uh Zach Wilson, so um there's going to be more people supporting the Jets and I mean that was a that was a crazy game that was played um Buffalo in all rights should have won that game if it wasn't for Josh Allen's turnovers but uh not only did uh Buffalo uh, not win the game I mean uh the the, the Jets you know came out on top my even minus aaron Rodgers. so
0: yeah by by the way i i have to I, I i love the espn show uh bad beats which most people listening and watching probably are are aware of it i feel like i had the original idea on this having been a sports better for so long and before television started following point spreads you know they would kind of Al Michaels would make some vague reference to the over under and nobody wanted to talk about the point spread and this and that. And now people, you know, ESPN has got a whole show about the point spread, but being a sports better, you know, I always thought it was funny. Like, you know, these last minute touchdowns that nobody cared about, but if you had money on the game, so that touchdown in overtime, instead of that game winning on a field goal it winning on a punt return touchdown screwed me now i'm curious if you can guess how that screwed me because it's it's kind of unique
1: again i i try to focus on just the the, the sides of the game i don't pay much attention to totals i don't pay much attention to halftime wagers or well well you top.
0: did you just hit on it right there because this was a halftime total <laughs> wager right. it was over under 20 in the second half and it was covered all which way except for buffalo Hits it off the the goalpost for that field goal that sends it in overtime. Otherwise, I would have won if it doesn't doink the right direction. Then I'm in overtime, and all I need is a field goal victory, which is the way it normally happens. And once Buffalo doesn't score a touchdown, I'm in good shape. Now all I need is you know somebody to kick the field goal to win the game. And the damn guy, you know, I figured he was going to be tackled at the ten yard line, and instead he goes into the end zone. The only way I could have lost my halftime yeah. bet, and I lost it.
1: And 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 that happens. But uh, yeah, so yeah, Pittsburgh definitely was a dud. Uh, Okay, let's talk about
0: the next one, which was Houston. Uh, Remind me what the point spread was uh, in that game.
1: Uh, uh, Houston was plus nine and a half in that game against Baltimore. Yeah, Houston played a tight first half. It unfolded the way I expected, at least uh, through the first half. And then... Baltimore got it together in the third quarter and uh, uh, took a commanding lead, but it came down to the fourth quarter where Baltimore was content to run the ball and eat clock. Uh, Houston had two possessions in the last nine plus minutes of the game to score a consolation touchdown and get the backdoor cover. A lot of times that happens. I win a lot of games that way when you're taking that many points Houston was just uh, unable to execute and get that touchdown. Mm-hmm. So, and, what, and what was it? What, what it what,
0: how come the algorithm was pointing to Houston in that game?
1: Uh, just the data that's fed into it. I, I can't really say much about it beyond that. Um, but it, it just showed uh, value in Houston with nine and a half points.
0: By the way, you mentioned them just having two possessions at the end. It's, it seems to me, certainly compared to 20 years ago, The total number of plays and the total number of possessions in an NFL game just seem lower than ever. I mean, you you know, you'll see a half where a team gets a grand total of four possessions in a half. I mean, they're just running the clock uh, like crazy. I mean, have you noticed that? And does this impact your thinking in any way?
1: Well, it it doesn't really impact my thinking. It does impact the game because it, it speeds the game up. The, co- the college has done the same thing this year, where they no longer stop the clock on first downs. Uh, college games, were are going over three and a half hours. And uh, we, we just, we live in this ADD society now where we want things to happen. We want them to be uh, exciting while they happen, but we don't want them to happen too long.
0: Well, but what I'm convinced of, if you look at, well, gee, what has changed between now and 10, 15 years ago? What's changed is the replay, that they are replaying plays, and there doesn't seem to be any time constraint to how long the darn replay is going to be. My theory is like, look, overturn it if it's obvious. If you can watch it quickly and see, obviously, they screwed up, then overturn it and be done with it like they would in, say, tennis, but if you got to look at the damn thing for five minutes, that means it's so close that, you know what, let it go with a, with the a guy. So what we're doing is we're spending more time watching replays instead of new plays. That's what's taking up all the time, and that's why they keep having to cut down on the number of plays.
1: Well, th- this is true. Uh, uh, replays and challenges are definitely slowing down the game. I, I liked what uh, John Madden used to say, you know, if there was a, a loose ball, a ball on the turf, or did the guy catch it? Did he, was he down before he fumbled the ball? You know, Hey, you know, whoever comes out of the the pile with the ball, he's got it. And that's who should get the ball, you know, simple as that.
0: Exactly.
1: And, and, and by, and there used to always
0: be a, a, an understanding that, you know, breaks go both ways. It's very rare for a bad call to be the, the, the decider of a game because there's good calls and bad calls throughout a game so yeah i i'm really annoyed by it you, you know i think replay can be great when it enhances the game but i think that in football right now it's detracting from the game if you ask me
1: i agree with that uh but but again yeah everything's uh, everybody's under a time constraint now uh, we're, we're busy yeah getting-
0: except when it comes to replays <laughs>
1: We have no time <laughs> constraint on replays.
0: All right, let, let's talk about the last game before we get a break because uh, we things uh, turned nicely for us in, in the late game, uh, where you had the Rams, uh, a a underdog on the road, and uh, they covered. They they not only covered, sorry, they won outright.
1: Yeah, um, I uh, that that game really fit the profile of what I normally have on a weekly basis because. You, you have a, a, a Ram team that was just pathetic last year. You got a, a coach that's half in, half out, didn't know if he was coming back. Aaron Donald even thought about retiring. What's Matt Stafford have left in the tank? You got an injured Cooper Cup. I mean, where else uh, where else are you going to go with this team? And then you got a Seattle team that has this uh, rejuvenated Geno Smith who uh, set passing records last year. And and I don't think anybody really gave the Rams much of a chance to going into Seattle and winning that game, but I did. So you're
0: pointing out all of the public perception that was pro-Seattle and anti-Rams, which would lead to uh, an incorrect line potentially. Is that basically what you're saying?
1: Yes, and that's what my whole system slash algorithm is based on, is, is going against public perception of a game um i i still think i could have very easily ended up two and one last week but i didn't i ended up one and two and it won't be the first week i end up one and two i may have three or four more weeks of one but, I'm,
0: but I'm a little confused about algorithm versus your personal analysis because you just rattled off a bunch of public perception things pertaining to rams players and seattle players but that doesn't sound like something that's comes from an algorithm
1: it doesn't. The uh, The program is what the program is. I can like it. I cannot like it. It doesn't matter. That's what I'm giving out. That's what history has is, is shown me to be successful. That's what's given me the edge all these years. I do that for the sake of maybe trying to make myself feel better or trying to make my customers feel better. But it really has no impact at all on mm-hmm. The, the algorithm or the program itself.
0: Right. You're you're saying that arguably the algorithm is working because it picked the Rams, and, and in fact the Rams. What there was this kind of false public perception about the Rams in Seattle. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Let's take our break, and you have promised our audience because you went one and two this past week that you're going to hand out free picks, and you already got them ready. So yeah. let let's get to those after the break. We're talking to Richard frazier of Fraser Wins on Double Down with Russell. Right back. as well as host Veronica Dudo for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel.
1: Hi, it's Lauren the Better, and you're listening to Double Down with Breslow on the Evergreen Podcast Network.
0: And welcome back, everyone, to Double Down with Fresno. We're talking to NFL handicapper Richard Frazier of Fraze Wins. That's F-R-A-Z-W-I-N-S dot com. Go on his website, and uh, you can sign up for free picks. He gave out free picks his first week. Uh, and he went one and two and we've already covered those. And we're going to talk about next week's picks here in a second, but I wanted to ask you is I took your picks and I decided to bet it as a three team parlay. W- what is it? And, and by the way, the good news though, since the first two games lost in the morning, I then put an extra hundred bucks on the Rams, So I ended up breaking even on your picks. So I can't complain because <laughs> I got, I got, I got healthy on the Rams, but, how do you feel about your players playing a three-team parlay versus three straight bets?
1: Um, this has been brought to my attention uh, by uh, by some of your prior guests, actually, that I'm friends with. Um, people have talked about, should I do a three-team parlay? Should I do round robin with, with these games? And, you know, I can go back and look at the, my historical results and, and I can find reasons to say, well, this season, yeah, it would have been better to do a three-team parlay. Or this season, it would have been better to do round robin with all three games. But I, I try not to complicate it like that. I I just bet the three games individually, and and that's the way I I roll with it. So uh, my advice to people is that uh, regardless of the one and two in the first week of the season, there's eighteen weeks uh, in the feet, in the season. So I, I say, you know, pick your unit value, manage your money carefully. And the, the thing that I, that I will give you is more winners than losers. Um, now what you do with that information and how you manipulate it, whether it's into parlays or round Robins or teasers or whatever, I, I, I don't know. I can't control that. And I can't guarantee you'll end up on the plus side of things.
0: Yeah. I, I think it probably should work out roughly the same, um, In the end, I I don't know. I I know if I'm playing blackjack in Vegas, I tend to up my bet if I'm winning and then not up your bet or go back to your base bet if you're losing. And that's a typical betting strategy that I think to the extent people recommend playing blackjack, that's not a bad strategy that, you know, when you got a, a lucky streak going your way, be upping your bet and then ride out a losing streak by keeping it at your base bet and a parlay is sort of the same thing that, Hey, I have a win. I'm going to hit a streak here. And so I'm going to double down and then double down again, which is what a parlay is basically doing. Yes. So, okay. Let's talk about uh, next weekend. And, 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 first, just give me a little bit of background of, you know, of your algorithm and, and how you say it builds throughout the year and it's self-correcting. So obviously you've now plugged in week one information. How is that information weighed Compared to last year's information, for instance.
1: Well, public perception is usually based on your most recent memories, and so what is the most recent memory of the games that we're looking at coming into this week? Well, it's it's last week's games now. Uh, prior to you know week one, it was just what happened last year, or maybe what transpired in the preseason. Um, but yeah, now that we're in week two, everybody's looking at hey, you know look what this team did in week one. right They're good. I like them and it's a favorable matchup. so
0: so that's obviously impacting the lines tremendously. In other words, if there was preseason lines for for week two because there certainly was lines for week one going back a couple months, right? Yeah. if there was lines for week two, those would be substantially different today or substantially adjusted because of what just happened on uh, on week one. I mean, the giants getting smoked. What were they to the Cowboys? Was it 40 to nothing or 30, 30 to nothing, 40, 40, nothing. Yes. Right. So I'm certainly would be looking to bet against the giants this week, but Frazier wins is probably going to tell me to bet the Giants.
1: <laughs> well, I- interesting. You should bring that game up. That's uh, that's not the first game in my repertoire I was going to bring up. But the uh, the first game I was going to talk about is the uh, the Ravens at the Bengals, and uh, the Ravens obviously were my my nemesis last week. But I like the uh, the Ravens this week, and uh, initially the early money agrees with me. I think that some of the smarter money that come coming in after me will will disagree, which I'm, I'm I, I I hope they do because right now you can grab the Ravens plus three and a half.
0: And and by the way, has that
1: moved since the first release? Uh, it, it's it's slowly moving. It opened it. Th- Three and a half. What they've done so far is they've adjusted the money. Now you can uh you, you can take uh Baltimore plus three and a half, but you have to lay a dollar fifteen or a dollar twenty to get mm. that that extra half point. But I would be really shocked if that game doesn't end up on three. I don't see it going below three because the book itself would be jeopardizing itself for risk of a three-point middle on that game where the book could lose both sides of it. So, uh, so, so
0: my, I'm, I'm the epitome of the dumb public. So I, my initial leaning on that game would have been to take the Bengals because Ravens are coming off of a, a big win. Bengals coming off of a loss, what on the road, going to be their first home game and they're going to want to make up for that. So that, that, that would be my superficial dumb public analysis.
1: Well, good. I'm, I'm glad you have that. opinion. <laughs> I'm hoping more people have that opinion uh-huh. um, because that, that will help more people get that three and a half. But, but I, I see uh, in, in just the, uh, the the, the day and a half or whatever since these games have been played that the initial money right off the bat came in on Baltimore uh, because of their win over Houston. I, I probably more so Cincinnati's lack of uh effort versus cleveland i think people have questions about joe burrow but again i think people are going to come to their senses like you and say hey th- this is a team that uh was in the afc championship game last year joe burrow yeah, well, why would team.
0: anybody have a question about joe burrow i mean he just seems to be a superstar uh
1: i, I don't know uh maybe it's because he plays for the bungles yeah joe but they burrow, they haven't been the bungles of late no, they haven't. Joe Burrow is a is a fantastic quarterback. He's he's not the most nimble guy in the pocket, but uh, but for for whatever the reason, Cincinnati's just a hard team to like. I don't mm. know. It, again, it's a public perception, but uh, but yeah, I uh, I I'm I'm telling people to to go with Baltimore in that game. Um, All right, what's the next one? Okay, the the next one is the one you just mentioned. Uh, uh, I'm I'm taking the Cardinals at home versus the Giants. What's the um, line? the The line on that is uh, uh, five and a half. The Cardinals are plus five and a half right now. That that started at five. Whoa, but- whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, whoa! Arizona's at home. Yes. To the New York Giants. Yes. The Giants are favored.
1: Giants are favored.
0: Wow! And by the way, I you know you can probably tell I'm not a I watch all the games, but I'm. I don't focus on it that much. So, so I I don't understand these teams well enough to know why Arizona would be an underdog to the giants.
1: Well, Arizona has not been a very good team the last few years. And, and this season they're without their, their top QB, Kyler Murray. He's on the pup list, which means God knows when he'll play. Um, who's their quarterback. Yeah, he's their quarterback. No,
0: no, no. Who who is who's taking his place?
1: Uh, You know, I I don't even know who their quarterback is. If it's not Kyler Murray, it really doesn't matter. It's whoever's next in line. But I, uh, I, I think that uh, what the program is telling me the Giants' problems may be for real. Um, They were absolutely horrendous Sunday night. Uh, I don't know. And remind
0: me who their quarterback is.
1: Daniel Jones.
0: Okay. Yeah. He hasn't and, been strong.
1: Uh, he was, uh, he was pathetic. Uh, every time uh, he he had the ball, he either got sacked or he, he turned it over. He fumbled. But uh, but I, again, I I think that uh, the the perception of Giants being a, a pretty good team last year, uh, 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 straight up and against the spread, is going to uh, to 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 give some credibility to the Cardinals plus five and a half being a pretty good bet.
0: Yeah, well, and they didn't get killed. They were at Washington, weren't they? And they they didn't get killed.
1: No, no, it was a very close game. It could have went either way. Granted, Washington isn't that great of a team either. I, I just, uh, again, I'm justifying what the what the program is telling me. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay,
0: all right. And what's the third one?
1: The uh, the third one uh, is an interesting one. It is the Sunday night game. I am taking the uh, the the Patriots at home plus two against the Miami Dolphins.
0: Okay. So b- both teams coming off a loss, right? Uh, Miami won. Uh, no, I thought Miami – wait, they played the Chargers, didn't they? Yes. Miami, oh, they beat the Chargers. They beat the Chargers. Oh, I don't know why I thought the Chargers won that game. Okay, so Miami went on the road to L.A. and won. Now they're going on the road, second week in a row, to New England. New England coming off a loss, right?
1: Yeah, New England's coming off a loss, but but New England played Philadelphia. Who was in the Super Bowl? New England had a chance to to win that game. Uh, they 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 didn't. They fell short and they failed to cover. If Mac Jones was able to to do anything there to, in the end of that game, he he could have uh, he could have pulled the upset. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean for
0: Miami to go on the road to the west coast and then the northeast uh win back-to-back games that would be surprising right
1: yeah it, it would uh you know miami of course uh the now that uh, everybody sees how how uh tua can play when he's healthy and and the combination of him throwing the tyreek hill uh they were they were lethal uh in in that uh that game last week but uh again the uh the uh the algorithm says that uh, there's value in the patriots next now
0: i i i think i can point out a trend here you of your six picks all six have been dogs
1: yes primarily i am on dogs uh i found there to be more value in dogs I will occasionally have a favorite. They usually won't be a big favorite. The, the risk you run in playing big favorites is that they could have a two-score lead and just fall into a prevent defense, and they run the risk of, of losing the cover by a backdoor touchdown that means nothing in the, mm-hmm. in the overall scope of the game.
0: How do you feel about people taking, since you do bet dogs, people taking the money line on your picks?
1: Well, you know, it's, it's a question similar to should you parlay or, or should you round robin or should you tease them? There, there are people that have stats out there that say that, that if, a, uh, if an underdog covers a game, they win the game outright 80% of the time. Again, I don't have hard data on this knowledge. So I like taking the points. I mm-hmm. view that as insurance. And so I always take the points regardless.
0: All right. So since this is a business show, uh, in light of the fact that you went one and two the first week, wh- wh- what do you do from a business perspective as you're trying to bring in more customers?
1: Well, I mean, like I said, uh, I- I'm going to go one and two and I'm, I'm going to have other one and two weeks during the course of the year. But what, what, what
0: I mean is you're giving out these picks for free to, to my listeners. Oh, Are yeah. you also giving them out for free on your, on your website to, to everyone?
1: I am I want people to operate uh, with uh, with house money I want to put people on the plus side of things before I start asking for anything in return so I will uh, continue to give these out for free until I I get people on the winning side
0: yeah makes sense last question is it called two for the money is that the movie with Al Pacino McConaughey a little bird told me that that you are portrayed in that movie by Matthew McConaughey, which which was a perfect actor for you. By the way, I mean you know the the, the looks and everything. Uh, any truth to any part of that movie being based upon you?
1: There is uh, there is some some truth to that. <laughs> um, I, uh, I I don't want to go into a lot of details about that, but yeah, when that when that movie first came out, I uh, I, I felt like. Uh, uh, that that somebody had ripped this out from under me and and capitalized on it without giving me any credit but you know w- with that being said uh you know good for uh the people involved and in, I, I know the people that, that that were involved in it and where the story came from and so uh so
0: so it, it obviously it's you know it's a fiction fictional movie but it's based on some real stuff and yeah, we use we, yeah
1: there, there is some factual based information in there,
0: and some of that comes from you, and some of it from other places.
1: Yeah, I think that the the majority of it was was taken from from my success, and and then they they just kind of built storylines around that to enhance it for for movie production qualities. But
0: right, like like being a former college quarterback. Uh, I yeah, I, I was. That's not you.
1: Yeah, I, I wasn't a former college, <laughs> back, but uh, I was. You, a- you, you were the you were the kicker, right?
0: Yeah, I was a soccer player. Yeah. Oh, you were a soccer player. OK, yeah. cool. Anyway, yeah, I rewatched that movie. I, I noticed I always check Rotten Tomatoes before I watch any movie because I, I pretty much trust Rotten Tomatoes. And, and and the reviews are not great on Rotten Tomatoes for that. But but maybe you got to be a sports better or something. But I found it, it was, you know, I hadn't seen it in a long time, but I rewatched it. But I, I found it highly entertaining. And my wife watched it, too, and she liked it, too.
1: Well, good, good. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed part of my story.
0: <laughs> well, I, I, there's a particular part of the movie where where he he's involved in a threesome. I, I I certainly hope that was ripped from a page of your life, my friend.
1: No comment. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> Fraze
0: wins. f r a z w i n s dot com. Uh, check it out. Very generous of Richard uh, with his time and to come on despite going one and two this past weekend, but. I have a strong feeling he's going to turn it around this weekend. Appreciate you giving free picks to all all of our listeners, and we'll certainly report on it next week. Thank you very much, Jim. All right, Richard. Take care, and thank you, everyone, for watching and listening to Double Down with Bresla. We'll be back soon with another episode. Take care, guys.